Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday. We begin in Alabama, and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. The Music of America podcast continues. We're in the state of Ohio, and we're going to be in Columbus, the home of the Blue Jackets, one of my old arch rivals, because I'm a big hockey guy. Anyway, we kick off Ohio with a band called the Brian Clash Band, and we'll talk with them in just a moment. You know, we've all done this before, right? You find the perfect tone you're looking for, and then the club owner walks up and says, yeah, you're a little too loud, or something to that effect. And you have to change that, which you spend all evening trying to achieve that tone, you know, where you're always in the sweet spot, right? Introducing the Lexi from Landry Amps. Now, the Lexi is a 100-watt amp that has at its core a vintage plexi circuit. Uh, at least anyway, apart. Anyway, the Lexi has a rhythm crunch channel, a boosted lead channel. It has digital reverb, a tube buffered effects loop, depth control, and awesome voice switch. Has considerably more gain than the Plexi does, but at volumes that range from a whisper all the way to concert volume, it's actually designed to be played at those lower volumes. The two channels each have their own gain and master volume, but they share the EQ. It's really cool, so you can get that tone even at the low volume. Check them out. Landry Amps. They have a YouTube channel where Bill Landry will explain all of his amps to, and you get a chance to hear how they all play. Or check them out. Same thing is on his website if you want to just go to the website. But it's www.landryamps.com. The Brian Clash Band with us today from Columbus, Ohio. And I guess one of our guests of the four is Brian Clash. So, Brian, why don't you say hi? Hey, how's it going? Okay, that's enough out of you. Okay. (laughs) Okay, thanks. I uh, introduced the band. So, uh, and, and because it's audio only, let's, let's just, I guess, go left to right for you. Yeah. Um, as I said, um, I'm Brian clash and lead vocals, guitar, rhythm guitar. And then, um, for lead guitar, I have AJ, um, Aaron Joseph, and, um, he plays lead guitar vocals. And, um, next to me here is my drummer, Tina Holly, and she does a little bit of vocals as well. And then, to her um, right is um, C.C. Hanna, bass player extraordinaire, and um, he does those singing as well. Yeah, and That's our band. And you do most of the writing, is that right, Brian? Correct, yeah. Or do you do um, all the writing? Is it most or all? Uh, most of the writing I do, um, I have been um, writing some songs with um, Willie Phoenix, who's uh, well-known here in the central Ohio area. He's mm-hmm. um, kind of a legend, and... Um, yeah. Uh, no kind of about it he is a legend and just a a very amazing player we can get into how how we do our songwriting process and um it's been a blast um doing those songs and playing the songs out with these um wonderful musicians i have around me right now i love it when we have women drummers because i always get to ask this question so tina were you uh inspired by karen carpenter way back in the day yes but my biggest idol is Ringo. When um, he was on the Ed Sullivan show way back when I was a little, little kid, um, my brothers would watch the show. And right from the start, Ringo, not only was he the cutest, he was the drummer. And he's my number one idol. But Karen Carpenter, uh, Sheila E., um, um, there's just uh, so many, and there's so many local, um, uh-huh. 
female musicians that are my heroes as well. Um, uh, Cindy Blackman, I've got to see her play a couple of times and, um, it's just, um, it's, it's a blast, but you know, it's, it's a male dominated field too. So there's some of that going on as well. (laughs) I invented an anagram back in February and uh, it was LTTP means late to the party. So I was late to the party and really realizing what a talent Ringo was. And I've just been noticing that the last couple of years, this podcast, and I've met a lot of drummers through this podcast and they all talk about Ringo, about how good of a drum player he is because when i grew up listening to the beatles i'm older than you and uh i grew up listening to the beatles and i was into the lennon mccartney lennon mccartney singer songwriter singer songwriter never really paid attention to harrison on guitar until i was in high school never listened to ringo as a drummer until i turned in my 60s you know and now i have such an appreciation for everything he does because he's a lefty so he has to do everything different and that's where you get some of those really cool sounds and rhythms because he's hitting it different he's hitting the the drum set differently than somebody else would so you're getting more pop over here than you would over here from a normal drummer or you know an everyday drummer is that accurate right. yeah right oh absolutely and i love his style he's he's um he's got the different sounds the different beats mm-hmm. and but he keeps it simple and he keeps it real and what he does is connects with their songs beautifully. So that uh, he's he's my number one idol. Yeah, yeah. And Cece, you're a bass player. Cece, right? You're and, the bass um, man. Yeah. And nice I'm, to meet. Uh, nice to meet you. That's enough. Now we've had enough. Be between you and Brian, you just you guys keep stealing the show here. <laughs> how did how did you guys meet? Did you uh, did you know Brian before? Did you meet him through the band, or have you done projects before, or what? I've I've always known Brian. Uh-huh. Brian uh, Brian's been around Central Ohio playing uh, for uh, that I know of the last couple of decades, if not more. Wow. Brian's always uh, been on scene. He he's he's been real active in our music community, and in a lot of ways, he's tied a lot of different bands together just himself with some of the players that he's played with. But I'd never played with him before, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, my father-in-law played bass for willie phoenix willie phoenix being best buddies with brian so it's uh it's all kind of family but maybe you know distant cousins kind of thing connected yeah but everybody's connected it's cool because in vermont the music scene is like that you know everybody kind of knows each other everybody kind of boosts each other up whereas in other markets and i find this out a lot in this podcast other markets it's extremely competitive and i you know i'm backbiting and you know, backstabbing and stuff. It's just, so it's cool that you've got that going on. And sometimes, Brian, I think it's the personality, right? It's like how you approach music and how you present what your projects are and stuff, right? Right. I always, I love, you know, because I have done vocals and I've done like solo kind of acoustic performances mm-hmm. and for a number of years. And I really love the band dynamic. I really love having that power behind me when you're actually playing it's like they got your back you know yeah. it's you can just really just kind of let go and just have the aspects of the song come out a little more just have the aspects of how i'm feeling the song come out a little more that's all like very important things that i could do really with a group dynamic and having a real nice group behind you is a beautiful thing and i'm really digging having these guys here that's playing cool. with now, now, is AJ your son? Is that what it is? Uh, AJ is not my son. Um, well, 
I mean, he is the son of the band here, pretty much. <laughs> how'd you but, get uh, hooked? How'd you get hooked up with these guys, AJ? Uh, so I was actually at a music shop and had ran into Willie Willie Phoenix mm -hmm. uh, and got to talking with him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so my dad actually played with Willie uh, in the mid 90s to the early uh, 2000. So growing up, I was around Willie a lot and going mm -hmm. to band rehearsals and I went to Compfest a lot. I saw him play there. And um, so I'd known him for a long time. And uh, at the time I was playing with Shadowbox Live Theater. And I, I had asked him if he uh, had any bands that needed a guitar player. And so he hooked me up with these guys and it was just a perfect match, <laughs> really. Like, it, no, are you are you a, a soloist that plays from your heart? Do you follow tablature? Do you have to write it out or you just play what you're feeling at the time? How do you usually do a lead or a song? So I'm self-taught and I do a lot of um, imp improvisation. Uh -huh. yeah. I tried to uh, push push the barrier and just like get out of my comfort zone and like you said just play what i'm feeling mm -hmm. in the moment tina did you and uh uh cc have you guys played together before this band no no i'm i'm late to the party <laughs> i didn't start playing um drums until seven years ago oh wow it was one of those things that always had in the back of my mind wanted to do and so seven years ago i decided i wasn't going to be 95 one day and say i wish i had uh -huh. so Started. So unlike these three that have known Willie for a long time, I met him a year and a half ago. Oh, wow. And I happen to, even though I've lived in central Ohio 25 years, I had never heard Willie play until a year and a half ago. So I was at this venue, heard him play, heard the band. I thought, holy shit, who are these guys? They were just fantastic, not knowing their history either. Yeah, yeah. So I went to leave after their set was done. I have a red Mustang and I came around the corner of the bar outside and Willie walked out and I almost hit him with a car. <laughs> that's that's how I met him. I rolled the window down, um, apologized for almost taking out the local legend. And he came around to the side of my car and he said, hold on a minute. He said, I know you. You played with the Clark Twins band. Oh, he wow. said, I know. I had no idea he knew I was or had ever seen me play. Mm -hmm. He said, I've got a new project going, the Brian Clash band. It's going to be a rock band with a little punk flair thrown in. He said, you'd be perfect. I want you to be the drummer. Wow. Said, are you talking about? So <laughs> it took him about two months of talking me into it. But I thought, OK, I'll give it a try because he isn't going to leave me alone until I say yes. So it, we're handpicked by Willie, yeah. who's our producer. So the reason I asked about you and Cece is because it's so important when you're laying that foundation of songs yeah. that the bass mm -hmm. and the drums, you know, they're the He's, rhythm, they're the foundation. Yeah. And so I wondered if you guys had played together well, or did you develop a synchronicity yeah. together? What, what Cece did not say is that he is also a guitarist and a drummer. Oh, and okay. so... Yeah. So when I came into this band, you know, he's he's been I call him my bass buddy because um, <laughs> he's taught me a whole lot. And yes, we've learned to work together. Do you ever, well. uh, ever want to yeah, jump? A lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Do you ever jump up and say, CC, you ever jump up and say, I'll play drums on this one. And then it's like, get out of the way. You <laughs> uh, do musical. Um, yeah, she, she drummers are different. Everybody has a different style. Yeah. And nobody could play what we're playing, how we're playing it, like she can. Oh, okay. That's that's pretty cool. That's a that's a nice thing to say. 
It is. Thank you. So, Brian, you're you're the writer, and yes. uh, you write a song. Wherever it comes from, we'll get into that a little bit later. But when you write a okay. song, you bring it to the band, right? Right. You just mm-hmm. play it acoustically, or do you say, here's what we're doing, and we're going to do this kind of a song that's going to oh. have this kind of feel to it, and then tell them what you want from them, or what? Yeah, I mean, if we come into rehearsals, like, okay, I have this um, this new song, and uh, sometimes I'll either like, like you know, a de- video demo of it, just um, to have everyone kind of get a feel for it. But yeah. um, usually sometimes it'll just be like, okay, this is how we're, how we're doing it. This is our main chords. And then, um, you know, CC will kind of pick up on the bass line and then um, Tina will come in there and just figure out what kind of beat sounds really good with it. And um, and then AJ does his thing too. I mean, and the main thing is AJ is so adept at picking up like just sound and just making it sound amazing. I mean, he just does like very tasteful solos and just beautiful guitar work. It's great to have him that's a nice little solid bag bedrock there what uh what key would you say is in your wheelhouse when you're writing and singing where do you where do you usually start or do you just start wherever usually um g and d are kind of like my bread and butter ones that's yeah i'm an a A minor guy that's why i love that question because everybody's all over the board it's really cool well now and you know just mainly because um i've kind of come from this um kind of almost like folk slash topical songwriter um, yeah. background. So a lot of it's that, you know, tradition, like Woody Guthrie, I have a Woody Guthrie t-shirt on right now mm-hmm. um, for those in the audience. But um, I mean, Woody was a big influence and, um, you know, had those folk tradition songs. That's kind of, a lot of these are more like kind of souped up folk songs with a little kind of punky beat to it and gold garage um Velvet Underground, it's yeah. like a big impact. Um, I, I got I got a lot of Lou Reed. I got a lot of Lou Reed from some of your stuff. I thought this really sounds familiar. That's what I traced oh, it back to. Yeah, for sure. Big time, big time. Yeah. So tell Absolutely. me about the first song we're going to listen to. It's called "I Want to Be with You," and uh, I, I I know there's another song. It's got a title like that. I wouldn't want to be like you, and that's where my mind went to. So I'm oh, okay. thinking that, and I'm thinking that's how this song is going to come out, something like that, and it's totally not. You know, right. Right. Yeah. This one, um, I just was just thinking of just kind of a basic, you know, nothing with a huge message, just something about coming out there and just having desire and just uh, having that, just that feeling when you just see someone and you just, you know, are blown away by them and um, just how it hits you like in your heart and in your head and in your body. And um, just you got to have that connection. Yeah. And that's what that's what this is all about, you know. Basically, pretty, stuff. pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah this is very no you know, really hidden messages in this one. Well, so, yeah, I was going to say sometimes sometimes you you write and you get deep in the woods and then you're deeper right. in the woods and next thing you're know, like, how did this thing even start? How did I devolve into this? You know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This, so one's, this one. Pretty pretty much what it says at the surface. Okay. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, the Brian Clash Band, our guest here on the Music America podcast, their first song we're going to listen to, I Want to Be With You. We are two people walking down the street. Just another day until our eyes meet. 
from the state of Ohio here today on the Music of America podcast. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. It's really this simple. Buy Kitty's Litter Box, open the box, place litter in the box, introduce the box to your cat, and vice versa. After the cat has done their business for maybe a month or so, close the box, throw it away. That's it. Just close the box, grab the handle of this biodegradable box, and throw it away. It's ideal for traveling with your favorite feline, affordable and convenient. And that's the one thing I didn't care about with cats. That was the litter box. I don't know, though. Maybe. I don't know how it became my job. I don't want to clean the litter box all the time, but maybe if they had Kitty's Litter Box around about 20 years ago, who knows? I might still have cats. Kitty's Litter Box, all lowercase, www.kittyslitterbox.com. Order today. It's perfect. So taking uh, Willie Phoenix out of this picture, would you guys have ever met? Cece, would you have ever met up with them? Or AJ, would you ever no. met, met these guys? No? Oh, definitely. I, he's, he's the catalyst. He's yeah. He's got the ear. He's got the, the vision. And he's he's magic. And he's always been magic. He was the first one that I ever saw up on a stage that I knew, you know, that that that, that it, could do what he did and uh when when 
when I'm watching Willie, I, the way he, I, I expect to have 20,000 people behind me. Wow. It was just it, magic. And he's your producer. Is that what you, you said, Tina, that, that Willie's your producer? So, and he knew you, Brian. So how does he, I guess by knowing you, he came up with an idea for a project? Yeah. Like um, well, I've known Willie for over um, 40 years now. Uh -huh. Um I, when I was going to school at the Ohio State University, he would um, play at the places down on campus, like the very campus, um, you know, bars and stuff like that. And he would, um, and I would see him walking up the street. He had the um, name, the King of High Street. It was like everyone kind of called him that. And, yeah. um, you know, he would be I'd be driving by like, hey, Will, you need a ride somewhere? He goes, yeah. So we got, you know, we became friends. And... Um, for a while, um, you know, flash forward to about like 10 years ago, 10 um, years ago when Willie, um, his son and my son were in the same um, theater school together and, oh, at wow. high school. And I was there with my, you know, with my son watching this uh, play and I look over and I see Willie uh -huh. and it's like, you know, hey, and we started, you know, reconnecting again. Yeah. And he... Um, mentioned that you know he wanted to do some recording and and we did we hit it off really well and he produced a number of my stuff over the last 10 years and with different various groups that i've had the projects um last project i was with was called the coffee house rebels and love that kind name. of oh thanks thanks yeah it was it was a fun time and we had like a real good thing going and then COVID hit and oh, yeah. that kind of splintered all that up. And then, um, and Willie's always, you know, seemed like, you know, I want to always want to get a real good project behind Brian. And that was like, what he said, you know? So I've kind of found, this is like, he goes, I kind of found these people and um, <laughs> yeah, I kind of want you to meet this drummer. She's really cool. Her name's, her name's Christina. And um, so we were introduced and then um, CC, um, he had he had your name. I know we were. I was gonna get you in for like another band project that like earlier, that like early version yeah. of Coffee House Rebels. Um, but for you know we didn't get together. But this was the time that we were together yeah. now. And um, and AJ Kiss kind of came in in the last um couple months here to kind of fill out the sound, man. So do you? So think, yeah, AJ. Do you think that it was your persistence with Willie trying to find a gig? that had you uh, kind of in his, in the forefront of his thought or, or did he just know all along what a talent you were and I said, think, he's going to find a, he's going to find a, a band for you someday. Right. Uh, I think it just sort of came at the perfect place at the perfect time, really yeah. for me. I, I had been hungering for this uh, experience being with the band and doing something different. And I think it just really aligned perfectly my taste and, and what the band's going for, I think it just it was it's just meant to be. Like I was at the right place at the right time. Absolutely. When yes. when I hear this, when I hear this, and I hear this not as often as you would think, but when I hear this, you know there's something special there, and mm -hmm. and, and you can hear that in there's for lack of a better way of saying it, there's a comfortableness, a comfortness, comfort level that you guys have in your production playing. And now I don't know if that's how it's produced or if that's just how you all play together, but it, it, you, you all sound comfortable with each other. Nobody sounds sloppy or stepping on each other. You know what I mean? Everything mm -hmm. sounds tight in a very comfortable way without being overproduced. 
Yeah, we really found out that being in the studio, we kind of really gel together. And um, part of that is um, Willie's producing style. He really wants to get stuff live. There's not a lot of overdubs or any of that stuff. It's just us in the studio just performing the songs. And uh -huh. it's and I really love that natural kind of way we're just bashing it out, you know, just like in the old days with Nick Lowe and stuff like that. Oh, man, and, Nick uh, Lowe throwing me back now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so who is Joe Strummer? Joe Strummer? Is that is just some guy, just Joe Strummer, just strumming on his guitar? Going, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Oh, Joe Strummer is the um, guitarist and kind of force of the clash. And um, he is a big influence on me. Um, like the music of the clash okay. kind of changed my life. And, uh, you know, in the song Joe Strummer's guitar, I kind of go into like how that affected me at the time. And, um, and also the story about how I saw the exhibit of the clash at the rock and roll hall of fame and what I felt inclined to do and what I didn't do. It's all comes out in the song there, but um, Joe Strummer of the clash, his way of presenting himself in the band itself, the clash were just kind of a wake up call to me at the time. Cause a lot of stuff that I was listening to was just um, top 40 radio. This is like, I was 17 at the right. time mm -hmm. London calling and that stuff came out. And it just woke me up and just said, like, hey, get a hold of this music. This is something important. This is something vital. Live your life. Live your life through music. And that just kind of Spoke from there. Right? Songs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's cool. It's cool that, that something impacts you like that, that you're able to write about it, and one, and then write a song about it, and then produce and perform a song about it. That's that's pretty it's cool how art works isn't it it is it is yeah. it's just so many ways it's just amazing how you can get something from just a thought in your head onto the paper to make it actual music with yeah bringing other people in to share that vision and then see that final product is just like a beautiful journey a and beautiful it became journey. that way from another song that did the exact went through the same metamorphosis that you just explained Somebody mm -hmm. there from the Clash had to do something to touch you the way it did, and somebody, maybe the Beatles, Absolutely. did that to them, and somebody like Muddy Waters did that for the Beatles. It's just so cool how you We're watch that. Yeah. yeah. Well, the song is called Joe Strummer's Guitar. The band, the Brian Clash Band. We're gonna play it for you right now here on the Music of America podcast. <laughs> Oh, 
Ghost Drummer's guitar with the Clash Band, the Brian Clash Band. Sorry about that. The Clash Band is somebody else that inspired Joe Strummer's guitar. Here on the Music of America podcast, I was talking to a friend of mine about my brother's couple's workbook called Two Years After Forever. It's sort of a how-to guide to improve your communication skills, which, as anyone that's ever been in any kind of relationship knows, is crucial. So as we spoke later in the conversation, I mentioned again, you know, this book my brother wrote, Two Years After Forever, and she stops me. She goes, what? When the Oh, your brother's book. I thought you meant a book you borrowed from your brother, your brother's book. Three little words, my brother's book, two entirely different interpretations. In Two Years After Forever, there are exercises that help you form better communication skills to avoid pratfalls like that one, along with your partner. Learning and applying these exercises will help you get back to why two years ago you pledged your life together forever. Two Years After Forever, www.twoyearsafterforever.com, available at Amazon today and forever. Before we get to the last section of the show called Shameless Self-Promotion, I love pedigree stories and I love production stories. So we're going to start from right to left and then left to right from my view. And I'm going to ask each of you in uh, 60 seconds or less to give me your pedigree. So AJ, we'll start with you. Tell me how you got started, what instrument you started with, and how long you've been playing, and maybe some of the band or bandmates that you've played with along the way. Yeah, so I started out uh, around seven years old. My parents had bought me like a cheap American Idol brand guitar, and I just couldn't put that thing down and um, fell in love with it. I moved on to bass guitar, uh, something my brother was playing, and uh, he had taught me a lot on that. Um, and so I knew strings were was my thing. So uh, middle school, I picked up the violin and played throughout there, uh, wow. middle school, and then Straight out of high school, I had joined up with a theater company called Shadowbox Live, and we were just doing rock and roll cover songs, along with like sketch comedy and stuff like that, back and forth. Um, oh, fun. And so I did that from 20 till 2023. And then, yeah, that, that was around the time I joined up with these guys. And then I started um, teaching guitar lessons at uh, this no kidding. company called School of Rock. Yeah. Huh. School of Rock is a franchise, right? So I think there, there, I've seen a few of them. There's some here in, I yeah, think, two yeah. here in St. Louis. Yeah. So Brian, let's hear. Like you've been playing since, I guess, in the womb. <laughs> <laughs> well, not so much. Um, I started out um, writing songs, actually lyrics onto paper when I was um, 15, and since I've written about probably 400 songs, wow. right, 500 now, just um, writing stuff down and. Um, I didn't start actually playing guitar until I was 18 and uh, started out, had a couple bands when I was um, like in my early 20s, um, kind of Zenates and that kind of stuff. But then um, I took a break, had um, two wonderful kids. Um, so I watched them grow. And then I about the year 2000, I decided to start getting back into music as just like a calling. And there was a lot of things going on in the um, world that I needed to feel, I felt like I compelled to write about and sing about. Mm -hmm. And starting then I started putting some of these songs, recording them. And then, and then I recorded um, three um, CDs, three albums um, in the um, early aughts, I guess. Um, one was called late bloomer, 38 years in the making. And 
And the other ones, um, came, that was in 2003. And then the other two came out. Um, there was um, Homefront and um, Love Loss. And Homefront is like an actual, I would say, a protest album for those times. And there was a lot going on at that time. Yeah. And, and from there, I just kind of kept on singing and playing and putting videos up on YouTube. And then um, starting about oh, about 2012 is when I kind of reconnected with Willie and um, been working with different band projects um, since then. And here I am. How about you, Dina? Uh, you well, said you started playing drums only seven years ago, right? So Right, right. But there's a little musical history before that. Yeah, you can was, tell from I your singing. Yeah. I was a dancer. Oh, really? Um, kindergarten through high school uh was tap dancer with my sister we taught dancing when we were in high school and um also in my school years fifth sixth grade i played drums in the school band only girl you know no uh -huh. support mom would say that's a boy's instrument you know um i went on to junior high and um the band director, this really small school, the band director scared the shit out of me and I quit. <laughs> so I continued with dancing, you know, the rest of my life. I was a teacher for 30 years. I got two beautiful daughters, you know, so all of that took over. And but in the back of my mind, I still wanted to be a drummer in a rock band. Yeah. So like I said, seven years ago, started taking lessons. Um, Kurt Hudberg, a, a drum teacher in the area was uh, brave enough to take me on this uh, unusual student. But um, I then would, I wouldn't have started in bands if it hadn't been for a local drummer, Jeff Reuter, uh. who one day invited me to play a, a song song in his band they were out playing and because i would go up to drummers and say to the most important and least appreciated member of this band you are fantastic you know yeah. and we got talking and so he invited me to play that night i said oh no 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 i was only a couple <laughs> years into i can't do this he said i want you to pick one practice it and play the next gig that we play oh okay. so i did scared to death what did it anyway what was the um, song the song was oh darn it i can't think of it at the moment um, I'll think of it in a second here, okay? Okay. But um, it was at a little dive bar at a lake nearby here, and it was in the third set, and everybody was uh, it was packed, and everybody was drunk, and they loved it. Right. So the they screamed and yelled for me, and the, the performance bug hit. It. So uh, after that time, <laughs> Jeff said to me, "You need to start a band." I said, "You got to be kidding me!" Um, he said, "No, you do." So. I started um, Miss Scarlet, which was a band of three or five females. Um, we didn't get real far with it. Nobody really had the experience. We would do open stages and we would do long concerts, things like that. And then at one of the open stages, I met a set of twins, the Clark twins, and um, they're they're singers. Uh -huh. And they I know the didn't, Clark twins. They, what's that? I, I I just met the Clark twins. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And they made an announcement from the stage that they were trying to form a band. So what do I do? I go over and say, do you need a drummer? Uh -huh. So I was with them for two years. And then I already told you the story about how I mm -hmm. met Willie and he had to talk me into giving it a try. I, said, I don't know how to play punk. I don't know how to. So <laughs> you learn, you'll do it. You got the right style for it. You'll do it. So um, 
Do you use a double? It, do you use a double be- double pedal from the drums? Oh, no, okay. No, no, not yet, not yet. Um, but the song that I played was "Keep Your Hands to Yourself," Georgia Satellite. Oh, okay, okay. That's yeah, a, that's a good one. That's a good danceable song, and uh, you, you can't you can't go wrong with a classic, right? <laughs> right. So, how about you, uh, uh, Cece? Let's hear your your long history. Okay. Um, I, it started with drums in the fifth grade, uh-huh. and uh, you know, getting bands, and uh, everybody would leave their stuff over at the house, and it's, it's kind of hard to just give play drums. <laughs> so I pick up a guitar, pick up a bass, and things like that. And then uh, my father-in-law Cos was playing bass with Willie Phoenix, and which, by the way. AJ's dad was in Willie Phoenix's band at the same time as my father-in-law, Cosmos. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Because I, I remember he said that he was in the band, but that's funny. And then uh, we've got six, now seven musicians over three generations in my family from uh, Cosmos and his brothers to uh, me and my kids. Um, my oldest son, Connor, is in a band, Courtney, from work. And my sister just got married to... Billy Spitfire, who's in another Columbus band, the Mathematics. So there's a whole bunch of us. And it was just, uh, it, it, I could never do the wheedly bits really fast on uh-huh. guitar. So I picked up a slide and I started doing lap steel and pedal steel. Oh. <laughs> and uh, then it came around to Willie finding me and saying, hey, I'd love for you to play bass with these folks. They're really great people. I said, well, they, I, I want to, but I've never played bass. He goes, that's okay. Don't tell them. And, <laughs> and so we did. So That's now fun. I'm uh, now I'm a baseball having fun. No, I have a production question for each of you, too. And it's it's really cool because my younger brother listens to this show. And she said he said one question I'd like to ask. Have you asked your guests? And ever since he brought this up, I think I ask almost all my guests. So Band on the Run was re-released recently. Paul McCartney's Band on the Run album. Great album re-released un- underdubbed or undubbed so it was like here's the raw before they added all the bells and whistles to jet to band on the run and so on and so forth and the question that my brother came up with was because the, the new album sounds as good if not better than the you know the released band on the run so to you and i'll start with you uh cc when is when is it done when you hear a song when is it done you mean recording? You mean in yeah, recording? Yeah, when you're recording, when you're recording a production, when is okay. the production at, at its final stage? Like you don't need any more. To you, when is it over? When is it done? Before that, before that thing has left the room. Before that thing has left each one of us that's in the room doing okay. that. Okay. That, um, that mojo, that that thing, uh, the entity, the uh, the muse, whatever. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a that's a deep rabbit hole. You know. Yeah. You can you can lose a lot, so you got to know when to say when. Amen. How about you, Tina? Oh man, um, I I am best when I am playing live and the room is packed with people. That's mm-hmm. that's my thing. So recording, I am still um, uh, feeling your way nervous. around. Nervous. Yes. Thank you. Learning my way around with it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when, since Willie says I'm hardest on the drummer, I got to have the track down for the drums first. No pressure there. Right. (laughs) So I am, when, when I have gotten it done and when Willie says to me, drums sound good, 
That's that's good. Then yeah. it's done. <laughs> then it's done for me. Yes. Brian, how about you? Well, being in the studio has also been, I mean, just mainly having that initial, as so Cece was saying, um, just to add on to that, because you can get caught up into like all the little overdubs and all these little other bells and whistles. And usually it's just icing on the cake. If you have a good song, it's going to be a good song. Mm-hmm. Even if you're just singing it by yourself, like just an acoustic guitar, or you got a full band behind you with everything else on there. I think those things can bring out little bits about the song, but you got to have that chassis, that great song chassis to kind of build everything upon. And, uh, you know, to really soup it up and, you know, make it sound wonderful. But um, as long as you don't lose that essence of the song Uh in all the bells and whistles. Right. Because you can, you know, can overdo it is what you're saying. Right. Oh, definitely. Well, you know, you're talking about the band on the run. I, it kind of also makes me think of that, the let it be naked, you yeah, know? Yeah. Right. Right. Like exactly. a real good example. And, yeah. And how those songs, you know, just when they're stripped down like that, it just sounds great songs. You know, it you, really does. You, you hear it, like the, the soul of where it began kind of, you know, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'll take it warts and all if that's yeah. the best, take, you know, if it still has that thing. Mm-hmm. How about you, AJ? I'd say when the track is finished, I can listen back and just get that feeling of the song, the essence of the song, like Brian was talking about, and mm-hmm. I can feel proud of what I just laid down. You know, mm-hmm. I feel pride in what I just like did. that. I like that. Yeah, it's like I did. Like, good job. Yeah, don't need yeah, another yeah. one. Don't need another one. That's pretty Nailed cool. <laughs> awesome. I just I love the question because I've four different people here got four different answers and they're all dead on right because that's when it's finished for each of you. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I relate to all of them. I think everybody that's listening has been in production in some way, shape, or form probably relates to all of those too. So, uh, so Brian, your last song, Come On Out. Uh, yes. Is it about anything in particular? Like, Well, it was actually, um, it was like kind of one of the first things I wrote when we were kind of starting to kind of engage again after the whole COVID. Um, okay. And just... We know we were, you know, some of the lyrics like we've been, you know, quiet for too long. This is our time. This is our moment to finally kind of just come back out and just kind of reclaim our humanity. Just um, just say, like, here we are. We're here. This is our moment. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, come join us. Come join us. You know, these are the moments we live for. Isn't it great to be playing music out again? God, yes. (laughs) God, yes. Oh, my God. I tell you what, it seems to me those that survived COVID are thriving now. Like, if you were kind of on the bubble, you're doing better. And if you're doing well, you're doing a lot better. And I think I think taking live music away from people made us realize what's the Joni Mitchell line, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Exactly. So, well, let's give it a yep. listen. It's a good anthem, man. It's really a good anthem, a post-COVID anthem. You know, come on out. I love it. See, Brian Clash Band here on the Music America podcast and the song Come On Out.
take off your mask and take a deep breath. Take a deep breath and look alive. Been alone down for too long. Great new world is ours to find. 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 Clash Band of Columbus, Ohio, as we kick off the week in Ohio here on the Music of America podcast. So, uh, Brian, Tina, AJ, CC, this is the last segment of the show. I don't know how you want to do this, but we call this shameless self-promotion. So we can uh, promote anything that's coming up with y'all coming up in March, April, whatever. We can promote individual projects if you'd like. We talk about new albums, festivals, anything like that that's coming up. Just let us know how we can help you. All right. Well, first off, everyone who's listening to this, come see us. We're the Brian Clash Band, www.brianclashband.com. And um, I just mentioned our um, most recent thing. Um, actually, we're kind of in, you don't see it. We're in kind of band clothes tonight. We uh, were recording a video for the um, NPR Tiny Desk concert and con- cool. contest. And that's going to be... Um, I'm going to be putting that together and we'll be putting that out here in the next um, day or so. So um, that'll be a part of the NPR tiny desk contest. So um, yeah, check out our video of that. We're going to do, I want to be with you. It's going to be our song that we picked. Oh, okay. And uh, the website is just that it's Brian clash, the Brian clash band. Oh no, just Brian clash band. No, the Brian clash band. Okay. At www.brianclashband. You can get merch there. You can buy albums. You can buy. Yes. Click uh, gigs. All of our gigs are on there, and we're going to be posting um, the video as well. Uh-huh. With that on there. There's mm-hmm. uh, well, there's a couple other podcasts, local podcasts that'll be on there that we've done as well. You can click okay. those as well. Photo gallery. Yep. Fun, 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 and uh, yeah. album CD, album CD, or song coming yeah. out anytime. Um, yeah, we our first album that we had came out last year um, called Love You All. And um, there are links to that. You can get it on Bandcamp. Um, I have a page. If you look up Brian Clash Bandcamp, you'll find all of uh, my music from various projects, including our current stuff with um, Love You All. And the new album will be coming out here probably in the next couple months or so. Um, we are got a couple more songs to record in the studio, mm-hmm. but we're, we're already there. We have like about, um, I think, seven songs already um in the can, so to speak, but uh, no one uses cans anymore, but um, it's so funny. Same expression though. Still, we still mean the same thing, you know, know, I've been, I did did radio a couple of lifetimes ago and I still talk about shows in the can, you know, who uses a can anymore. And it's a (laughs) film term. It's a film term. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, thanks so much. 
Thank you so much. Thanks so much for being on this show. And uh, I got to get to Columbus. And every time I'm in Columbus, I'm driving through. I'm either on my way to Vermont or on my way back from Vermont. And I just don't have the time to stop because I'm usually carrying a trailer. My next visit, it'll just be in the car. And I'm going to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and I'm going to find you guys and catch a show. All right. Super. And um, we are planning a um, tour like New York, New Jersey in August. Oh, no kidding. Because yes, those two states, you're going, to, you're going to do a whole Northeastern thing or just Jersey, New York City kind of? Just um, kind of a little exploratory, kind of hitting that yeah. area and then um, hopefully expanding after that. That's so cool. Good luck, guys. That's the Brian Clash Thank Band, you. our first guest this week here in Ohio on the Music of America podcast up next. Okay, it's not a Rolling Stones cover band. They're not a Rolling Stones tribute band. They call themselves a Rolling Stones experience. Crossfire Hurricane, our guest tomorrow here on the Music of America podcast. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.